slightly scary it was a little bit a little bit yeah because it's october it is I, i'm sorry i'm i want a tangent already <laughs> go go i feel like we need to come up with better spooky noises for next year because i feel like every october we do the same spooky noises yeah you're probably right yeah um we'll, we'll work on it for uh, next year guys okay um sorry. Wait, it's not even um that what kind of noise is that anyway is that a ghost noise yeah, it's like a, it's like something appearing, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. Which doesn't really, it doesn't really happen in this film no. that we're she watching this month. Yeah, things appear, really. but things they do don't appear. make those noises. They don't make any noises. No, they, no. they make kind of Ooh. a bit zombie, yeah. little bit zombie noises. Yeah, because yeah. that that was quite scary actually. I scared myself though. I know. Yeah, it was a good impression. So we are yes. Betty and Rita. <laughs> And this is the She Watchables podcast, and every month we are she watching a British or international film, mm-hmm. and then rambling on about it for a bit. Hopefully, have, not quite as long as the length of the film. Hopefully, but not. sometimes we get pretty close. I mean, that's you know that it's a low bar, but yes, trying to make the <laughs> podcast not as long as the film. That's 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 what we're aiming for, <laughs> isn't it? Um, we have no uh, film criticism uh, qualifications other than half. An online film course mm-hmm. between us, I think. Yeah. But you know, we like films. You so. did most of that. You know, I didn't watch La Strada. Fair enough. Uh, no, uh, I've watched it since. <laughs> so um, that's who we are. That's what this is. And this month, because it's spooky October, Ooh. we're doing a horror film. Yeah, we were spoilt for choice, really, weren't we, actually? Weirdly, yes, because neither of us are actually massive fans of the horror genre, are we? Mm-mm. No, um, like, not huge. No. So I like my horror with a bit of comedy mixed in, usually, just to, like... Me you know, too, yeah. Not freak me out too much. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I do like a good uh, comedy horror. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, not yeah, I'm not not a massive fan. So it's quite strange that we were struggling to choose. Yeah, and we've we've gone for one that is definitely um, all serious and I would say so. It's got a couple of little light-hearted bits in, but mostly quite mostly serious. a bit grim. Yeah, um, it's not a zombie film. No, but it's got. But the director's got of, previous. Oh, he has so he much has. previous. Yes, and we've already done two of his films Mm -hmm. so enough clues okay what is it last night in soho it is it's really good oh i'm so glad yeah i'm so glad you liked it because this is the second film in a row that i've picked that i haven't watched (laughs) i was kind of terrified also you're not big into zombies are you uh no i like like i said i like comedy zombies i like comedy zombies i like i like comedy horror-esque things or you know i think i've mentioned it before Scream franchise, absolutely yes. love it, but that's kind of because it's so ridiculous and exactly. so postmodern. Yes, yes. Thank you. There's uh-huh. the film course. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, but this is this is very much like a sort of fantasy thriller, mm-hmm. psychological time horror. travel almost. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's not really horror-y. It is, absolutely. <laughs> it, it's not really horror until like the second half. Mm. Is it really? 
Yeah, it really. lulls you into a false sense of security, mm-hmm. I feel. But I'm so glad that you liked it. So this was the first time you'd seen it? First time I've seen it, very recently. And mm-hmm. funnily enough, speaking to Big Sister Number 1 mm-hmm. last night, they just happened to watch it at the oh, weekend, and she really enjoyed it's it It's on too. Netflix, yes. uh, listeners, if you haven't mm-hmm. seen it. Um, so yeah, definitely worth catching up on. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it at the cinema, not sure why, um, but I saw it at Lucum. Oh, so okay. it's our, our local independent... Cinema mm-hmm. that I'm going to call Lucum, even though some people say Lucum. But oh yeah, yeah, it's still up in the air, that isn't it? Really is. I'm yeah. going to call it Lucum because I had a friend who studied Latin who said it was Lucum. Okay, so I'm going to it. I'm going to that. continue. I think I can probably enlighten you as to why you didn't see it in the cinema. Okay, because it was sort of in between lockdown periods. Oh, okay. It was that when would... cinema was very, very, very much struggling. Yeah, to sort of get going again yeah. and it was a bit sputtering and everything uh-huh. uh which you know that would explain the, um the money that it made as well certainly but yes uh that's probably why you didn't Possibly. see it because it was kind of covid heavy Maybe. covid times I, I was gagging to get to the cinema though to be oh, i know yeah same yeah. and what was but james I... bond came out around the same time i think yeah um there was a couple of other uh-huh releases all around that's that similar like it. lockdowns not proper lockdown at the minute everyone go everyone yes. go so i think there was just a lot of competition and everyone had been anticipating james bond which did come out in that october that could be rightly. it yeah that could be um, it i certainly went to see james bond yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah absolutely loved it really um i like all of edgar wright's output mm-hmm. i think he's um He's, you know, he goes under the radar, but really, I think he's one of my favourite directors yeah, in terms of his body of work. Yeah. You know, and I think this is phenomenal. Uh-huh. Um, what's it about? We haven't really said what it's about. Uh, so it follows the story of Eloise, or Ellie as she sort of reinvents mm-hmm. herself. She's a little bit of a country bumpkin and she moves to London when she gains a place studying fashion. And once she's there, I mean, she's already got, there's already insinuations that she's got some sort of like second sight or something. That she sees things and feels things that people don't, as her grand puts it. So when she moves to London, she um, she kind of finds herself drawn mysteriously into 1960s Soho. Mm -hmm. Um, And she kind of becomes a bit obsessed with this persona that she takes on Sandy. Mm -hmm. Um who's like a wannabe singer in the 60s. Uh, But it all turns a little bit nasty. Mm. A bit nasty. And yeah, Ellie sort of starts to struggle. I think Ellie's struggled to sort of figure out what's real and what's not real and whether it is real and whether it's not real. It's just exactly what you're going through. When you're watching the the film, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, you're not quite sure whether... Is is she hallucinating? Is she crazy? Yeah, uh uh-huh. Yeah. I think even at the beginning when they talk about her gift, mm-hmm. I think, I'm I'm going to be honest, until I've re-watched it, mm-hmm. I'd never really picked up on that. Yeah. I thought they were talking more about a mental illness. Uh, right, yeah. You know, because they, they allude to a mum struggling mm-hmm. and committing suicide because she couldn't handle mm-hmm. um, going to London. Yeah. And... They, they don't really explicitly talk about this. And we know that she's seeing her mum, mm-hmm. but we don't know whether that's just, you know, wishful thinking mm-hmm. or, you know, it's just a memory. Yeah. And I think it's not... They don't hit you over the head with the this gift. 
Yeah, they leave it on a little bit vague, don't they? Yeah, so you're not quite sure whether she's going round the bend, Mm -hmm. you know, whether she's hallucinating or whether this is something that she's picking up from the very walls of the the bedsit Mm -hmm. that she's in. So, yeah, it keeps you guessing. Definitely. Um, I mean, 7 out of 10 on IMDb, what's that about? Yeah, it should be higher. I definitely think that. I'm sorry, it should. So I was having a little read of like some of the high reviews and low reviews mm-hmm. and I kind of understand some of the low reviews. They say, you know, there's a lot of simplicity to the plot in a way mm-hmm. in terms of, oh, it's a young girl, fish out of water, moves from the country into London, can't yeah. cope with it, uh-huh. um, has a bit of a mental breakdown, blah, blah, blah. So in that respect... That's not really the story, no, though, is it? No, it's not, but it's a, I feel like it's a basis. It's a yes. basis, but then Edgar Wright obviously takes that and elevates yeah. it and, and does so much more with it. But mm-hmm. I think if if like, if like they've maybe not watched the whole film, if they've only watched yes. like the first 10, 15, 20 minutes of it and gone, oh, girl's gone to college, some girls are mean to her, um, she becomes isolated and then she starts going crazy, well... Fine, you have that opinion, I guess. Yes. But, and I guess that's why, you know, it has got seven stars on IMDb. Maybe. Is that people maybe haven't given it a proper chance. Yeah, um, definitely. I looked at some one-star reviews, which I can't believe anyone would give it a one-star review. Uh-huh. And, yeah, some people were saying, like, oh, it's just ripped off from this, that, and the other. It's like, it's Edgar Wright. It's kind of what he does. Yeah. You know, it's not ripping <laughs> off, it's an homage. Yes. Um, but there were a, a disconcerting number of people who gave it one star because, um, I mean, there were about three or four reviews that said this same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had an issue with John. Oh. And Why? it was just basically pure racism. Oh, what? Just, you know, uh, uh, just putting things in real, <laughs> I was going to say black and white terms, but saying, oh, all the all the bad men were white. And then there's this black man who comes in and saves the day and is an angel. Oh, and it's like, what on lot. earth are you on about? Yeah. So I think quite often in films you do just get stupid, uh-huh. ignorant people, don't you? Writing reviews and drag yes. it. It's like, it's like the Ghostbusters effect, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. girl Ghostbusters, as yeah. I like to call it. You know, I think that was a perfectly <laughs> fine Exactly. Yeah, and that was brilliant. a perfectly fine film, but uh-huh. there's always people who are going to get on board and take issue with, with the politics. And I don't think there was any racial politics in last night in Soho but there are people giving it one star reviews who are determined to make something of that they're overthinking it in their tiny little brains exactly yeah sorry so there's just no accounting for stupid people is there Mm -mm. Um, I think things like that drag the also I know we've not even got anywhere near um, talking about the film yet but (laughs) I do actually have to read this review which um which really, I struggled with this. This was a one-star review on IMDb. Edgar Wright is totally pandering to the pre-teen set on this one. If you are an adult, you will find your eyes glazing over after the first five minutes. (laughs) Took my young niece to it. She's eight. Oh, my goodness. And she totally enjoyed it. I'm going to just stop now. It's an 18. It's an 18, and it's an 18 for very good reasons. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so violent. Really, yeah. Graphic I mean, you've got violence, violence against women, yeah. and then violence against men. It's just not nice. Plot twist. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. Why would you take your eight year old niece? I hope you're. I, have no I idea. hope 
your sibling, who is the parent of that child, uh-huh. give you a smack around the head afterwards. Yes. <laughs> After all the sleepless nights <laughs> that she will have had consoling yes. this eight-year-old. What? But, yeah, no accounting for people stupid are crazy. people. Um, so, seven out of ten. It did win mm-hmm. some niche horror awards. Mm-hmm. Um, Blood Guts UK um, <laughs> gave an award to uh, Thomas and Mackenzie and to the great, the late great Diana Rigg. Um, and for the cinematography, costume design, production design, music sound. Um, won a Golden Schmoor for trippiest movie of the year. Oh, fair enough. Um, Hawaii, the people in Hawaii love this film. Excellent. Um, the Good Hawaii. Critics Circle, I think it was, um, gave it the award for best film, best editing, best horror, mm-hmm. and best sound. Right. Everyone else seems underwhelmed. <laughs> and I would like to say, why hasn't Edgar Wright won an Oscar yet? I know, yeah, I agree. I really thought with Baby Driver, he was in with a shot. Oh, I know. Just. Baby uh, Driver's incredible. Yeah. The editing on that, mm-hmm. and with Last Night in Soho yeah. as well, the, the way that the music um, is arranged and. Yeah. I just don't understand it. I think it's because he's a genre director. Yeah, I that agree. He just goes under the radar mm-hmm. and he doesn't make films that win Oscars, does he? It's bizarre, isn't it? It's because so I think wrong. if like Quentin Tarantino made a film like Baby Driver oh, or yeah. like Last Night in Soho, it'd be getting applauded. It's left, right, and centre. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, and I know it was in a bit of a tough category, um, but it didn't even get a BAFTA win. For like no. be- best British film, it no. didn't get, and Belfast won it. I think Ugh. that year, I've not seen it, but it's not as good as last night in Soho. Enough. Yeah, in my humble, <laughs> yeah. not so humble opinion. Footnote: Last night in Soho was beaten to the outstanding British film BAFTA by Kenneth Branagh's Belfast, and to best sound by June, which is admittedly quite a sonic experience. No nominations for editing, screenplay or director though. We at She Watchables HQ demand a recount. But yeah, when you it's look at things bonkers. like, like you said, Baby Driver, this film and, and any of Edgar Wright's other stuff yeah. is a master of using soundtrack and visuals yeah. of what's mm. going on and synchronising them to within like a inch, yeah. you know, like inch perfect. It takes so much skill. I mean, he did say... That he he had some like real like head banging the walls moments over trying to synchronize the lights flashing. Oh right! Wow. With the music. Yes. Yeah. Um, he said because sometimes we'd be filming with like two or three different cameras as well yeah. using different speeds. Uh-huh. He said it was just like horrendous trying to work it all out sometimes and get it to work exactly the way he wants to because he's like a sort of self-professed perfectionist. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, hats off to him for doing Absolutely. it. And then not actually getting any real, you know... No. ...industry recognition, I mm-hmm. guess. I don't know what the man has to do. But he gets the recognition from his fans. Absolutely, yes. We <laughs> applaud you. We, we salute do. you. We do. Um, is it rewatchable? Which yes. is the whole point of our podcast. Yeah. I, w- <laughs> <laughs> I knew there had to be one. Um a hundred percent rewatchable. I had mm-hmm. only seen it the once mm-hmm. before this rewatching session, yeah. and I couldn't wait to watch it again, knowing the twist in inverted oh, commas. Oh no, yeah, because there's so many more things to like. Oh yeah, give you like those hints that something yeah. isn't actually quite as you're reading it first time round. Did you pick anything up about the the twist? Did you did you get it? I don't like I don't like to say a twist because 
it's not one of those films that's advertised heavily as having a twist, mm-hmm. which I can't stand. Yeah. Because I spend the whole film trying to work out the twist, mm-hmm. often doing so, and then it ruins the whole film for me. Yeah. Um, but with this, I don't. It's just a, it's just a story. It's just a plot. Yeah, it is. It's not really a twist as such. Yeah, it just. Yeah, it only sort of gives its sort of secret up. In the last yeah. act, doesn't it? You know, it's like a who done it. Yeah, almost kind of. Yeah, yeah. So did you uh, did you pick any of that up, or did it completely I blindside only, you? I only got a hint of something not being as I thought it was mm-hmm. um, when Ellie is having the argument in the street the final time with the silver-haired gentleman. Right. Yes. Um, and he alludes to like this Alexander. Yes. And I he was says just Alex like. Killed. Sandy. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, <laughs> right, okay. But that's what Sandy said her name was earlier in the film and yes. blah, blah, blah. And then I was going, who's Miss Collins? I kind of thought maybe she was going to be somebody that knew Sandy was and was involved. like, a, yeah, yeah, I didn't quite drop on that she no. was actually going to be Sandy. I think it was just Spoilers at the point yeah. where, yeah, <laughs> just at the point where... Ellie is going through the mail, uh-huh. which I know is like yeah, really close to yeah, it when it's revealed. Like, like oh, <laughs> Alexandra, yeah, of yeah. course, yeah, yeah. But I did not mind that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love when you get a proper something that really catches you by surprise. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I love that. And as I say, I, I loved watching it again. Yeah, knowing what I knew and picking bits up mm-hmm. because we'll do. Um, Let's do favourite lines because I haven't got many favourite lines. Well, you can't use many of them in real life. <laughs> um, but True. I do like a lot of the lines that allude to things that you don't get on a first watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Particularly the things that um, Mrs Collins says on this yeah. card. Um, I bought the, bought the house for buttons off the old owner. Couldn't sell it too many memories. Mm-hmm. You know, things yeah. like this. And you're like, oh, yeah. And the way that she walked come in through the door. Yes. She won't cross over the threshold, yeah, will she, until the mm-hmm. very end. Um, which you never even... You don't really you don't notice pick up it. Until you it's watch like it again. you think she's just giving her like her space. Yeah. Yeah. And when um, there's the hoo-ha with, uh, with John, when John comes back and um, Ellie has that vision yes. of what she thinks is Sandy being murdered. Mm-hmm. And Miss Collins says, uh, I'll call the police. And you think, no, you won't. (laughs) Your house is riddled with dead bodies. And then she says to uh, Ellie, I would have killed him if I'd have caught him. Yeah. Which you think is just a throwaway line. Yeah, of course. You think (laughs) she's just being really lovely and protective of her and stuff. And then you realise when you watch it again, like, oh, no, she probably means that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Any any favourite lines while we're on them? Um, Favourite lines for me... I like the exchange between Eloise and Silverhead Gentleman where she says, I hear you I hear you were quite the ladies. Oh man. yes. And it just makes me chuckle because he's like, How well, dare you? Dare you. <laughs> <laughs> Still am you never lose it. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> he's got most of the favourite lines yeah. in my in my, yeah. Um You all look the same on a slab is mm. something that Edgar Wright picked up from um a policeman when a police officer, I should uh-huh. say, sorry. Policeman <laughs> officer. Um, <laughs> when he was researching Hot Fuzz. Oh, okay. And he went out and spent some time with a, a policeman officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was something that he said, you know, they oh, all look the same on a slab. Right, and I think he just okay. filed it away like, oh, that's a really creepy thing to say, but I'll have to use it in the Isn't script one day. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and I think he's he also says uh, no one ever really disappears; they're always around somewhere. Mm-hmm. And again, when you watch it again, you think they literally are yeah. around. Yeah. yeah, literally in the floorboards and the mm-hmm. walls or wherever. Yeah, I think uh, London can be a bit much. Comes up a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, that's like yeah, know, one of the almost like a catchphrase, isn't it? Yeah, kind of true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Small doses. Um, I like uh, Carol when um, Ellie's asking if the... What does she ask us? Something about, do you believe in spirits or something? Oh, yeah. And she says... <laughs> they pay you wages. The ones that yeah. pay you wages. Yeah. <laughs> and then she says, uh, she goes on to say, if this place is haunted by anything, it's the good times. Oh, yes. I'm like, ah. That's a, yeah, it's a yeah, nice little exchange. Um, I do like, so brave. So brave. <sighs> I mean, I like it and I hate it, but it makes me laugh. Yeah, I literally... Like least favorite scenes, literally just oh says my, yeah. anything with Jocasta in it, except yes. for when Ellie nearly stabs her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I think fair point. But yeah, fair She's enough. So horrible. Fair she is really horrible. Well written, horrible, horrible. Oh, well acted. Yeah, yeah. Well acted. Yeah, yeah. Because yes, terrible, terrible person. Yeah. Yeesh. I like. Um, oh, I haven't written down the actual quote, but where John says that he struggled when he first moved to uh, North London. Mm-hmm. Where did you move from? South London. <laughs> South London. <laughs> and what, made, what makes me chuckle as well, and I don't know if Edgar Wright's got a thing about transport in London, mm-hmm. but um, we only find out right at the very end of the film that he's got a car, yeah. don't we? Mm-hmm. And he's he finds it, well, of course I've got a car. How else am I supposed to get from South London to North London? Yeah. But it made me think in my weird Shaun of the Dead brain uh-huh. about... The part in Shaun of the Dead where Shaun goes round um, to the flat and they're discussing how they're going to get out. And David said that he's got a driving licence. Yes. And he says, have you got a car? And he's like, you don't need a car if you you live in central London. I don't don't see the point point in having a car in central London. So it made me chuckle that John is saying, well, of course I've got a car. How else am I supposed to get from south London to north London? So, yeah, I don't know if Edgar Wright's got a... Uh, a beef with uh, Transport for London. Sounds like it. But yeah, he obviously used to think you didn't need a car, but now thinks you absolutely do. <laughs> Maybe you can afford one now. Yeah, the wisdom of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how British um, is it? It's very British. Yeah, super British. British cast, British director and writer. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to, uh, obviously, Edgar Wright and Christy Wilson-Kearns mm-hmm. for writing it. And then, obviously, set in London, filmed on location. Yep. And I think it's kind of backed, semi-backed by Film 4 as well. I think it is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so a lot of it, so the, the bits that are supposed to be the London College of Fashion are filmed in the mm-hmm. London College of Fashion. Um, the Café de, de Paris mm-hmm. is... The exterior is real, but obviously done up, you know. Yeah. Um, to look like uh, 60s mm-hmm. but the inside was a complete recreation oh okay um, slightly bigger than yeah. the original the original closed during the pandemic never opened again oh been open since 1924 oh my goodness I know nearly 100 years did a little bit of you get excited when they went to the Café de Paris because you read Rivers of London well actually no but now you've said that yes i got excited yes of and course also because of the character jocasta yeah and there's now yeah. a dame jocasta there is in like the latest ben aronovich rivers yeah. of london book and i'm like oh, edgar wright reads rivers of london he must do well do you know what i'm gonna disappoint I don't know. you 
I'm going to disappoint oh, you here. No. Jocasta is named after that was going to be Edgar Wright's baby name if oh. he was a girl. Oh, okay. But maybe he does. Maybe he does. Because we'd like to see him direct a Rivers of London oh, yes, adaptation. That yes, would be, please. Yes, please. Edgar, if you're listening. But I thought it was quite cool because, like, yeah, the Café de Paris. Of course, know? yeah. I was like, oh, this is like what Ben Aronovich yes, about yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to start Moon reading. Over I know, yeah, I'm going to have to reread <laughs> that. I know exactly where it is. I can put my hand on it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was recreated. Um, Diana Rigg mm-hmm. had been there oh, in its heyday. That's just too cool. So, yes, she went on her 18th birthday to see Shirley Bassey sing. Wow. So, oh, wow, obviously, wow. she doesn't get to be in the Café mm-hmm. de Paris in the film. Yeah. But they took her to the set anyway. Yeah. And right. she said it was amazing. Oh, it wow. was. Uh, she said it's a little bit bigger, isn't it? He said, yeah, actually it is, yeah. <laughs> but um, she was blown away by it. And That's just cool. remarked on remembering walking down those stairs mm. and having men look at her. Yeah. You know, so this is obviously, you know, it's Soho, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's glamorous, but also... It's got a dark, kind of seedy side. Yeah. And Diana Rick was saying, really, that's how it was. Yeah. You know, that's how it was. Mm-hmm. It was glamorous, but you did have, you know, men's eyes, you know, yeah. all you over you. all the time. But then she's Diana Rigg, so of course she would. Yeah. Yes. Very glamorous <laughs> lady. Very. I was going to say in her time, but, you know, she's not not looking too shabby in this. this uh, I know, yeah. in her last film. I know. Oh, what, uh, which but is very what a cool last film to do. Absolutely, yeah. And apparently she was um, recording dialogue right up to almost the last minute. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, absolute trooper. Yeah, she is. Was. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So who else have we got in the cast? So our main actress is Thomasin McKenzie. Mm. Uh, oh, I just love her from mm. Jojo Rabbit. Yes, I like, forgot she was in Jojo Rabbit. From Jojo yeah. Rabbit. Mm-hmm. I, she was in Power of the Dog, but I don't remember a character in Power of the Dog actually. I, this is terrible to say, but I genuinely don't. I've seen these things and I don't remember her in them, which is only. Yeah. I can only say it's just testament to a how young she is, because mm-hmm. obviously she looked a lot different in the films yeah, where she's younger. True. Um, and also, what a great actress she mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. because yeah. I don't recall seeing someone like her in another film yeah. but I obviously have because yeah. I've seen Power of the Dog and Jojo Rabbit and Leave No Trace as well oh okay um, which again I'm going to have to go back and revisit now that I've realised that's the same person mm-hmm. so yeah she's wonderful yeah she's and got she... some amazing acting credits because mm. up to last night I saw her she was only 21 years old amazing she's our, she'd been in The Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies mm. <laughs> um, and the other sort of like Wibbly wobbly timey wimey horror old. Oh, the M Night. Sh- oh yeah, well, I gave up with M Night. <laughs> Apparently, it was an almost return to form though. Well, for isn't some people, there a bit where where someone where a woman, um, basically they get the age totally on this beach. Uh-huh. I've not seen it, so I shouldn't really be discussing it. But yeah, you I know, know. But, I'm sure yeah. it's a, basically a beach where people get old before the time. Yeah, there's something freaky deaky going on where yeah they but, start. Isn't there a bit where like a, a teenager suddenly like disappears and comes back pregnant? Oh, like know. that's not that just doesn't happen as you age, you know. I'm I not know, sure yeah. someone's explained <laughs> that to him how that works. But anyway, hello. Um, yeah, I haven't liked an M Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan's late. Mm-hmm. I haven't liked any of his films since. 
sense. <laughs> no, I didn't like the sixth sense. Did you not? No, I didn't yeah. like the sixth sense because that falls into the, the category of films with a twist that I guessed far too early and annoyed me just from start to finish. Oh, see, I just watched it so many years after it came out that I knew the twist anyway, and it didn't bother okay. me then. No, I guessed the twist in the trailer. I mean, hand on heart, uh-huh. I guessed the twist watching the trailer. <laughs> and then watched the whole, as you say, watched the whole film with a cinema full of people thinking, surely, obviously, everybody realises that he's dead. Yeah. And then when it turned out that he was dead, like, everybody bar me <laughs> going, <gasps> and I felt like turning around and shouting at people. Throwing popcorn Are you at kidding? everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, really funny. So that annoyed me, really annoyed me. <laughs> Uh, which one did Excellent. I like? I liked Unbreakable. Oh, I've not said Unbreakable. I thought that was just like the Sixth Sense, but with Samuel slightly Jackson. different. Yeah. No, I liked Unbreakable. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, we're not talking about him. I know. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, we were talking about <laughs> Thomas and Mackenzie. Who, who, we were, who dropped out of film. Top Gun Maverick for last did night? You? In Soho. Apparently so. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, Fair good enough. call. Yeah. I agree. Um, she might have got lost in the melee yes. in Top Gun Maverick, but because uh, now you've got me thinking, who would she have played in Top Gun Maverick? I know, yeah, I don't know. No, but she excels in this and stands out. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Yep, uh, Emma Taylor Joy. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, she's just, just like love on her fire everything. at the minute. Yeah, I mean, what when I listen to um, watch some of the uh, extras. And when she's talking about the first scene where she's dancing, mm-hmm. she says, I wish I was as confident as Sandy. Aww. And I thought, that's like so weird because it shows you what a good actor she is. Mm-hmm. Because I look at Anya Taylor-Joy playing all these confident characters and assume that that's what she's like in real life. Yeah. But she's clearly not. Yeah. It's acting. I know it makes me think of... Um, <sighs> Uh, City and <laughs> I merely pretend to be a wizard, but it's true, isn't it? You know, it you is. look at these people and yeah. you think that's what they're like, but actually they're thinking, "Well, oh, I wish I was like that character." Yeah, you know, and she's true. just pretending to be confident. Mm-hmm. Well, she does it so very well. Mm, she does. Uh, Matt Smith. Yes. Where does he rank in your doctors, by the way? Oh, I think he's very, very good. Yeah. Yes, I very much. I think he's, he he had a lot of. Go- don't even. Come on. Don't don't. I'm do sorry. This to me. <laughs> you know. I'm sorry. It's a, we'll go off on a tangent though. I think he had a very <laughs> very good run of stories. Yeah, he did. You know, which does help. Uh-huh. It does help. But yeah, I think he's an excellent uh, doctor. He is good. As I good. really do. Yeah. Um, I can't. You know, I, I I can't say he's better than ten. I can't. I just can't. Can't bring myself to. <laughs> but I like his doctor very, very much. Mm-hmm. So I like him in this playing against type. Yeah. Well, the one thing I didn't like was I heard him in an interview referring to Jack as a, a Jack the Lad. It's like, mm, no, 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 he's no, a nasty no, pimp. he's horrible. He's a horrible, horrible man. Yeah. He's not a Jack the Lad. Yeah. So I'm not sure what script he was reading, but that's not my impression of the character no. he was playing. I think... Like in the first like ten minutes of being introduced to his character, you get the impression yes. that that's all he is. He's exactly. a bit of a jack the lad. Yes, yeah. But it becomes very clear, very quickly, that he's just a horrible, horrible yes. person. Yes, yeah. Maybe in this interview, wasn't wanting to reveal. Yeah, more maybe. Of, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. 
Uh, Terence Stamp being pretty menacing throughout the entire film. I just love Terence Stamp. Want menacing? Get Terence Stamp. I know, but you know, there's something. I'm sorry, there's there's something strangely attractive about Terence Stamp. I don't care how old he gets. But again, I think it's the menacing thing. Yeah, I think it is. He's just got that twinkle in his eye. Yeah, you know. The, yeah, um, like mischief reigns. Yeah, absolutely, sure. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's really good in this film. He is. And, so like, I, I can't believe again that I didn't see uh-huh. that Sam Claffin uh-huh. is playing a younger version of him. I didn't see that either. But when you I watch it again, you, you go, go, yeah, like, he's of got the eyes. Uh-huh. He's got the twinkly eyes. He's got mm-hmm. the voice. He, he clearly is playing. You can't pick it up the first time. But it's so brief. Like, their encounter yeah. early in the film is yeah. so, so brief. That... He has a longer conversation with her than any of the other men, though. Yeah. Um, you know, and then when you watch it again, you're like, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. And I like the way that they keep his character still a little bit ambiguous. Because mm-hmm. he says later on, doesn't he, that he always looked out for them. Yes. But mm, did he completely did look he? out for them or was he, you <laughs> yeah. know... Being known as a ladies' man. Exactly. Is he getting some perks, you know, Mm -hmm. for looking after them, you know? So his character's a little bit, little bit morally ambiguous. Going back to best lines, I'm going to say worst line, I'm sorry, but I think it is clumsy. Uh huh. Um, When he gets run over. Yes. And. um, Oh, is it uh, Mrs. Doyle? Where Mrs. Doyle. (laughs) Mrs. Doyle. (laughs) Carol. Carol. Thank you. Go on, go on. Um, Where she says, get the ambulance. Tell them he used to be police. That will make them hurry. Yeah. And it's like, A, does that is that a thing? Does oh, that no. work? <laughs> yeah. And B, like, it's a really clumsy way of... And then... Like a plot reveal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Really yeah. clumsy plot reveal. Agreed. He used to be police. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just sure, that home. Goodness, I'm sure they could have just found another, another way of revealing that. Mm-hmm. So I do think that's a bit clumsy. Yeah, I think they should have just left it, like, a little bit ambiguous. Well, yeah. I don't suppose it, it's even ambiguous, but just left his line about Alexander burning in whatever hellhole she's yeah. in. I think it sh- th- that was enough. Yeah. Because then when you realise who Alexander is and exactly. what she's done, it's like, oh, that's what he meant by that. So it's like one of those things that you would have just picked up more on on a second or third yes. and stuff. Probably, so it yeah. just didn't need saying no, full no. stop. Also, the fact that he's still alive yeah. shows you that he must have been one of the good guys. Yes. You know, because if good he guys was... Good in Exactly, comments, relatively yes. good guys, yeah. you know. But um, he doesn't get murdered, so he yeah. probably didn't, you know, uh-huh. um, sleep with uh, Sandy. Yeah. Because it seems that most men that did met a sticky end. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I like the moral ambiguity of his, of mm-hmm. his character. And then, yeah, we've got Michael Ajayo. Yep, he plays John. I hope I'm saying that the right. The angel, sorry, I know, I know. Um, he, oh, he's I so love lovely. His character. He yeah. is almost too nice. Um, I mean, he is. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, nobody would blame him for just going, no. that girl cray-cray. Exactly. And just, you know, after the second sort of, like, meltdown. Yes. Bless him. I know. Bless his cotton socks. He is being a so angel. Nice. Yeah. But, you know, you can obviously see that Ellie is just struggling. And, yeah. you know, she's just not in a good position. So, yeah, good mm. guy. He is. Yeah. I'd give him MVP. I mean, I'm not giving yeah. him MVP, but I would give him MVP. Yes. Like, just for being so nice. Absolutely. Have you got an MVP? I haven't really chosen one, but... 
I mean, I guess it's just going to be Ellie, because yeah. she drives, like, all the plot, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. And you do kind of feel, like, an affinity to, like, her confusion and, and like, do. not having a clue what's going on the same as she does, because exactly. you're seeing everything that she's seeing, but you don't know if what she's seeing is real, and she doesn't know if what she's seeing is real, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, she is you in the film. She is, yeah. You know. Yeah. To a degree. This is true. So yeah, she's my MVP really. I, I'll yeah, I'll not argue with you. Mm-hmm. So Krista Wilson Kearns um, co wrote the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, she um, she worked in the Toucan, which is a real pub. Yeah, she worked there for five years. Oh, nice. So I think what happened was that Edgar Wright wanted to write this film mm-hmm. um, because he has this affinity with the sixties, having missed out on being in the sixties. Yeah. So he wanted to write this film, had this film idea. Um, and then he was introduced to uh, Krista by Sam Mendes, of course, as mm-hmm. you do, um, because she wrote 1917. Yes. Um, so they were introduced. Mm-hmm. It turned out that she had lived in Soho. Yeah. Um, and worked in this pub. Yeah. And lived Fair practically enough. round the corner. She basically was kind of Eloise. Yeah. You know, she, she lived in that area. They got to talking about it and then that's that's mm-hmm. how that came together. Just like a beautiful accidental partnership. Meant to be. Yeah. Lovely. Definitely. She was staff writer on a, a series that I didn't watch called Penny Dreadful, which to be fair actually looks quite good. Yeah, I never watched it either, but no. um, it kind of piqued my interest because Eva Green's in it, obviously. Yes. Um, and it but, seems very thematically similar to this yeah, film very. as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's obviously mm-hmm. fed into a bit dark uh, and the, the screenplay. <laughs> yeah. And um, the DP, which I didn't realise this at all, the DP on this film was Chung Hoon Chung, mm-hmm. um, who normally works with Pat Chan-wook, did All oh, Boy, wow. Handmaiden, Stoker, okay. so all those kind of dark yeah. things. But this film is not dark. No. It's, it's dark thematically. Yes. But the lighting, mm-hmm. the neon, and you know, oh, gosh, it's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, wow. He's managed to capture the darkness mm-hmm. despite all the neon. Yeah. So, you know. Good man. Well done, him. Yay. Yep. Um, did you get a degree of Richard Curtis? Oh, I did. I struggled, but I got the. Hmm. Um, so, obviously, our film stars Matt Smith as Jack. Mm-hmm. And Matt Smith has also been recently in The Crown as Prince Philip, I think. I believe so. Um, which also starred Imelda Staunton. Right. As the Queen, different yeah. times. Uh-huh. Because I think the, the Crown starts early days and travels through I, I believe so. It's stuff. a very popular yeah. series. Anyway, I've never seen it. <laughs> I know, same. <laughs> so Imelda Staunton plays the Queen in The Crown. Um, and then... She also plays Aunt Lucy. I thought you might like this because okay. I tied it back to Paddington. She uh, is the voice yes, of, of Aunt Lucy in yeah. Paddington too. Yeah. Which stars dun dun da Hugh, Hugh Grant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, sorry. No, Hugh Grant. that's it's well, all it's all about love actually. I've got a well forward we can, we can forget love actually. Whatever. We don't need to talk about yeah. that. <laughs> um, so I've got a similar end point but a different starting point okay. so Thomas and Mackenzie um, I've written here has been in far too many films for her tender <laughs> age um, she was in the true history of the Kelly Yang mm-hmm. um, as was Nicholas Holt oh wow 
Uh, Nicholas Holt was in About a Boy, mm-hmm. um, obviously based on the Nick Hornby novel, which also starred Hugh Grant, yeah. who, as we all know, is Richard Curtis's spirit animal. <laughs> True. Well um, done. Incidentally, um, Nicholas Holt was also in Mad Max Fury Road, as we mm-hmm. all know. Anya Taylor-Joy is going to have the title role in Furiosa. Right, yeah, that rings a bell. Which, which mm-hmm. makes total sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, so I does. can see that. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to that. Mm, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm hoping they're going to give her like a proper like pumped-up action role. Yeah, well, she's she plays like a young Furiosa, doesn't she? Okay. So before You've seen Fury Road? Yeah, I have, yeah, but yeah. it's been a while. So she gets captured, doesn't she, and taken away from... They have that green oh, oasis. Yeah, I see what you mean And the backstory is yeah. that she's taken away from there and enlisted into Immortan Joe's army. Yeah, so you've watched it more than me. Little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hardy, I've watched it? it once and it was like Tom Hardy and yeah. like, why are they covering his face up again? I know, and not letting him speak, but, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, anyway. It's a good film. Yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Nice. I think it should be very good. Yeah. And something sort of different to see her doing. Definitely, you know, yeah. More of a yeah. action-y sort of film. Yeah. Do you have any favourite scenes in Last Night in Soul? <laughs> not not Mad Max Fury Road. All uh, <laughs> just anything with Tom Hardy. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, sorry, the, the very... It's the second scene of the film where Ellie's packing a suitcase to go to <laughs> college and it just really makes me laugh. I know it's With not it's not really like favourite scene, it just it really makes yeah. me chuckle. Uh-huh. Um because I'm just laughing at all the stuff she's taking. And then a grand just trying to be helpful goes, Do you don't need any socks. Like <laughs> you you definitely need socks. Like yeah. forget everything else. You've got records, you've got socks. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. all good. Yeah. So yeah, that kind of makes me chuckle. Uh-huh. Um but then an actual scene. It's just the first time that uh, Ellie ends up in Soho in mm-hmm. the 60s. Yeah. Because I just, I've written so much. It's like how she gets there. Yeah. Like as the music starts playing oh. on the record, You're My World, which is Scylla, which is yeah. awesome because uh-huh. she's Scylla. Yeah. Um, and then she's like kind of walking, well, she pulls that sheet over her for starters and yeah. it's just like, what, what about that suddenly throws her into this like 1960s, Soho, and then obviously they go to the Café de Paris. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that when she comes out of that alleyway to start with as well, it's uh, Sean Connery Thunderball and yes. on the cinema I'm like, yes, Sean Connery, the best James Bond. I, do, I mean, um, without a doubt, I believe that is slightly <laughs> wrong in oh, terms of time, but uh, we don't we'll care. let it slide. We don't care. We're gonna let that slide. Um, and I just think like cinematography, it just looks amazing. Oh, the set design looks incredible. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of the point where all the weird stuff obviously really yeah. starts to mm-hmm. kick in. Um, but so, it's not, is it? I mean, it's weird. Yeah. In that it's weird that she's hallucinating yeah. or whatever she's doing or inhabiting another body or whatever she's doing. But mm-hmm. it's not weird, like twisty at that point. No, not twisty It's just weird. joyous, just, isn't yeah. it? You know, and colourful. Yeah. It's just like, oh, who wouldn't want to yeah. like, just pull the covers over them and just be transported back to a different time? Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just, I love the um, moment that she walks into the Café de Paris and she suddenly realises that she's sort of, like, embodying yeah. this other person and the sort of perspective flip with the mirror. That whole scene, for me, favourite scene. Yeah, well, I, I just went with... Um, I mean, yes, agreed. But I just went with the dance 
the dance at oh, the end of that, which yeah. is just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And done with entirely filming in camera. Yeah. No green screen. Yeah. If you watch some of the behind the scenes stuff, you can see how they filmed it with each of the... Um, with, with with Annie Taylor Joy and uh, and Thomas McKenzie kind of crouching out of out yeah. of shots and then just popping up again and oh you know gosh. I think there, there's one there's one um, it's it's known as a Texas switch okay um, and and Edgar Wright does this a lot mm -hmm. so you know the bit in uh, Hot Fuzz where um, Nick Angel is jumping over the Yes. Um, <laughs> jumping over the, the fences at the back. Yeah. Well, the first few are obviously Simon Pegg. Mm -hmm. And then he hides. Yeah. And then an actual kind of stuntman does yeah. the last one. Yeah. So that's what's known as a Texas switch. Okay. It's basically like, it's, it's your real person, and then they move <laughs> out of the way. So um, so most of that scene with the dances mm -hmm. are done as Texas switches, where okay. they, just, you know, they just duck out of the way and get out of the shots. Wow. Uh, there's only one shot, and it's still not done with green screen. They just cut... Where I think one goes under Matt Smith's arm mm -hmm. and the other one comes out. Right. Okay. But that's still only done as a cut. Wow. It's just unbelievable. I know. How how all that was done. Choreography, uh, round of applause. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything. The camera, yeah, yeah. Uh, everything. Um, the first bit that you're referring to where she walks down the steps mm -hmm. and then we see them both together. Mm -hmm. That was done... The first, the first bit of the shot is a mirror. Yeah. So that's why you can see the maitre d' and mm -hmm. all the, that's going on with mm -hmm. the court rack, I think. and you know, So that's a mirror. Yeah. Then as they're filming, they slide the mirror out of the way. Right. Where they've got an exact replica uh -huh. of oh the room on the other me. side of it yeah. with Anya Taylor-Joy. So there's mm -hmm. nothing there when she taps. They're literally just touching fingers. Yeah. Obviously, there's nothing there. And then from that point on, mm -hmm. that maitre d' is... The original Maitre D's identical twin brother. No way. Way. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, James and Oliver Phelps. Oh, oh my gosh. Is it really? Apparently so. Now I'm going to have to rewatch watch Exactly. Again. I know. Apparently. I had no idea that was them. But isn't that like, why would you go to so much trouble? Wow. But it looks amazing. Yeah. It looks totally amazing. Why mm -hmm. would you do that? Um... I know they, they have used doubles in other kind of films, but, yeah. it, you know, these days you'd think, well, it's just so much easier just to mm -hmm. chuck a green screen. And but and they did use some green screen. Yeah. But a lot of it was just, mm -hmm. you know, the two actresses just next to one another. Yeah. Pretending like they're in wow. Amazing. That is a lot of Isn't planning it? and rehearsing mm -hmm. and... Head scratching, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how yeah. they didn't lose their minds doing all this, I don't know. Exactly. I mean, I, don't know. I know Edgar Wright, I've, I've heard him in interviews talking about working with the likes of Diana Rigg and Terence Stamp mm -hmm. and these like, you know, huge stars um, and saying, you've got to be confident. You've got to know what you want. Yeah. You know, because if you just go, uh, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, mm -hmm. they will trample all over you. They will think this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. And the one thing you can, from, from the way that he describes these shots and how they're set up, he knows what he's talking about, yeah. doesn't he? Mm -hmm. You know, these, all these actors and actresses must feel safe in his hands. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's got a vision, and he does it. Yeah, pulls it off. I Amazing. think if it was if if I was either of those and kind of worried about working with him, I'd just watch Baby Driver first and then be like, Yeah, yeah I'm alright. Exactly, yeah, it's all going to be good. Pair of safe hands. Yeah. Um, any fast forward? Check your social media. Look away moments. 
Um, oh, well, there's not, there's no real moments that make me want to fast forward or I feel particularly like bored about or anything, no. but I mean like check my social media bits um, would be like the sort of hard to watch bits I guess where Sandy, yeah. you realise what Sandy's sort of being put through. Yeah. Ugh, I hate that bit. Yeah. I hate that bit. But it's, it's nice. integral to the film, it is. so you've got to watch it. So Exactly. Yeah. I think, I, ju- I feel, this is terrible as a woman, I should feel like terribly sorry for Sandy and all everything that's going on. But all I've written down is like, poor John. Yeah. You know, I think it's after that, the bit where she brings him home mm-hmm. and then, you know, he runs away and he's almost murdered by, uh, <laughs> <laughs> almost murdered by Miss Collins twice. Yes. Um, you know, once on the way out and then once at the very end of the film. Mm-hmm. And I just think, that poor lad. And I don't, that's that's the scene. Oh, when I say I don't like it, I don't mean I don't like it. I mm-hmm. mean, it's obviously very, very important to the film. But it's just, like you say, you just feel bad for him. Yeah, you, you do. just think, oh, poor guy. Yeah. He just doesn't feel like he can do anything right. I know. You know, and he's, trying to help and mm-hmm. you know so i just i feel i feel bad for him it's mm-hmm. not that i don't necessarily like the scene yeah but you just you just feel bad but you just want to be like stop hurting exactly John. Stop upsetting exactly John. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. you know you kind of just want that scene to go better uh-huh. don't you yeah you kind of want her to go oh it isn't you i'm just having a hallucination of the 1960s you know <laughs> i'll be fine in like a bit. explain yourself girl. exactly yeah, yeah yeah so i just feel like it's perfectly the way that scene goes. It's perfectly fine. It's mm-hmm. exactly right. But it may. I, I always think like, oh, why can't you just explain to him what's happening? And I then, know. You know, poor lad. Yeah. Um, and you know, given the, given the theme, um, you know, because obviously the, you know, the theme of the film is a lot about abuse of women, isn't mm-hmm. it? And exploitation of women. Mm-hmm. And here's John in her bedroom. You yeah. know. And she's screaming, and and then obviously we've got this portion where she goes to the police uh, about the murders, and she's not believed. Mm-hmm. So there is this undercurrent all the way through the film of women being badly treated and not being believed. Yeah, and you feel—I don't know—I feel in that scene that like John's probably thinking, "Oh, this is going to go badly for me." This, yeah, you know, because. Yeah. You know, we were having a nice time uh, and then all of a sudden the screaming yeah. and what's happening and am I going to end up in prison yeah. kind of thing, you know. So I don't... It, I know it's an important scene, mm-hmm. but it always just puts me on edge. Yeah. Just the whole thing. I know thing. what you mean. Yeah. Uh-huh. Poor John. Mm-hmm. Is there any good food? I couldn't really find very much good food, which is kind <laughs> of fitting in a film about fashion, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> no one eats. I suppose it is. No one eats. Um, no, I didn't get any good food really. I just put um, Jägermeister. <laughs> yes, I put Jägermeister. An, an alternate milks. A can of Coke. Of course. It's what you need. Yep. And a, a mention of Wimpies. Oh, of course, yes. There was a mention of Wimpies. <laughs> just a mention. There was. Yeah. I put a Vespa as well. Oh, um, yeah. Apparently, Edgar oh, has gone on record. film refs, you know. Oh, Sorry. okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. But he has gone on record as saying he'd like to direct a Bond film. Not sure he's going to get that. I'd I don't love know. to see that. I. Like just a standalone, yeah, not yeah. part of any kind of yeah. franchise per se, but just like a do your own one thing. This is it. I don't. It's been done before. Yeah. So yeah, could do it again. It has. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it'd be done a lot, 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 lot better. <laughs> I just I don't think he would be able to conform uh-huh. to the um, in-house style. I think mm. that's the only thing that you know. I'd like to see him do it, but like you said, not necessarily as part of the franchise. Yeah. 
you know. Yeah. But uh, but he could just make Rivers of London into a film instead. I think we need to start shipping this idea. Yes, Yes, definitely. (laughs) We need this. We do, we do. Footnote. In 2019, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's production company, Stolen Picture, announced a TV series was to be made of the first book in the Rivers of London series, so it looked like it might have been possible for Edgar Wright to get involved at that time. Unfortunately, the mantle passed to three other production companies in July last year, and it is now missing in action. If we can't have Edgar... Maybe we should start campaigning for Michael Ajayo to play Peter Grant. So, yeah, not so much good food mm-hmm. or drinks. There's some beer, isn't there? There is. There's some beer at the yeah. Toucan and uh, oh, Guinness. Cocktail with an eyeball in it, I think. Oh, yeah. 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 Fluorescent blue cocktails are never good. No. Ask sister number two. Oh, goodness, no. <laughs> no, not, never drink anything blue. No. no, that's a bad idea. No, big sister number two learned that nearly a year ago. Really? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, fluorescent blue cocktails, not good. No. I can imagine. On the way down. Or on the way. Or on the way. <laughs> uh, any running in the film? Um, there's running when she's late for the lecture. Mm-hmm. Um, there's running away from Sandy. Yeah. When she sees, or she thinks that she's seen her in the in the college uh, with her throat cut. Mm-hmm. Lots of running there. Yeah. Um, again, no recreational running. No, running, running from lots of... Bad men at various points, or yes. perceived bad men. And uh-huh. I said, there's so much running in this film that she could give Lola a run for her money. Oh, but um, yes, she could indeed. <laughs> she could, and also, it's actual proper geographical running. Yeah, you know, True. you can actually get from where she was to where she ends up in that time oh, frame. There you go. It's not one of those, you know. Well, mm-hmm. how did they get there? <laughs> you know, yeah. as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. From the, the writers yes. and the director. Yeah. Yeah, lots of running. Uh, is it a Mo movie? So here's the interesting thing. Uh-huh. Well, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, um, yeah it's 100% a Mo movie. Yeah, there's like so many Mo moments in it. that Very many like... Mo moments. Mo, 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 <laughs> mo, mo, mo moments. Mo moments. <laughs> <laughs> well, within the first five minutes, you've got uh, Ellie talking with her grandmother, mm-hmm. Peggy, two named uh, women, about college... About the gift, about a mother, you know, about so many things that mm-hmm. are not men. Yeah. So, you know, with it, with the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know what I thought was interesting, though, that I've oh. written down here? Would it, pass an, would, it pass, <laughs> would it pass an inverse Bechdel test? An inverse Bechdel test. Go so on, are okay. there two named male characters who at any point discuss anything other than a woman? Uh, actually, I don't think there. Good point. I don't think there is. I'm not sure there is either. Which I'm, I'm all about that. I think that's absolutely fine. Yeah. But how many films can you say that in? Oh my goodness! Not many. No, not many at all. No. Um. Yeah. There's bits where um I think Matt Smith is pictured talking to the guy that he punches in the first mm-hmm. main scene. Uh, and they're obviously getting on, so that kind of shows you that that whole thing was a setup. Yeah. One presu- we don't hear what they're talking about. One mm-hmm. presumes they're talking about pretty women. Yeah. You know, but we don't hear, do we? No. But I genuinely can't think of any other scenes where you've got men talking about anything other than women. Yeah, true. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is good shout. 
I was a bit disappointed by this. When I was looking through the um, awards, it won, in -hmm. inverted commas, the Hall of Shame Award at the Women Film Critics Circle. Oh, it's a very clumsy title. (laughs) The Women Film Critics Circle Awards in 2021. Okay. On the basis that, and I really take issue with this, on the basis that these horrible men Mm -hmm. who have been exploiting Ellie and other women, one Mm -hmm. assumes, in the 60s, um, they're turned into victims at the end of the film. Okay. And they take issue with that. Because they're bad men and then the you know, then they're perceived at the end of the film as being victims of murder. Well but, they're, they're victims of murder, but I don't think that means that they're victims No in general. No, I think those two things are kept very separate. Yeah. You know, they're exploiting, you know, innocent women who've yeah. been coerced into this position mm-hmm. of prostitution, basically. Mm-hmm. So they're abusing those women mm-hmm. and, you know, that's wrong. Yeah. And at no point in the film does it condone that. No, because, I mean, the whole point of, like, the scenes that I said, you know, were, mm. like, kind of hard to watch and yeah. stuff, the whole point of those scenes is that it's driving home the fact that poor Sandy's been put in that position and yeah. feels obliged for whatever reason that she has to be there and yeah. and, and put up with like that abuse and mm-hmm. stuff so and it and it makes you uncomfortable i think like watching those scenes so even though yeah, i don't weirdly. think you ever really find any sympathy for no, them, those not characters at not at all um i mean weirdly you don't actually see very much very often no which is it's all kind of left your imagination mm-hmm. which is great because mm-hmm. another director i think would probably make it a little bit you know more mm-hmm. sleazy yeah you know but we don't see very much we just imagine mm-hmm. don't we what's going on but no i don't have an issue with that because at the end mm-hmm. when ellie runs into the room to try to get away from miss collins yeah and they're all converging on her and they say help us yeah and then they say kill, kill her, her. Yeah. she says no yeah. she won't help them no now i could i could understand if she then said yes i will avenge your deaths yeah then, then it's it totally 100% different. deserves yeah. the hall of shame. Yeah. But she doesn't. Mm-mm. She doesn't side with them. She's not saying they deserve to die, but she's saying, no, I'm not, you know, yeah. she was a victim. Yeah. That's to me what she's saying. Yeah. You're, you're, a vi- you're, you're all the... a victim of that one woman, but yes. she was a victim of all of you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't go with that at all. No. I've seen quite a few people that have taken that side. Um, right. Okay. And I, I don't see Yeah, that. I don't think they quite no grasping what's coming no from, i don't maybe. i don't but i can see fine. where they're coming from yeah but i don't think the film sides with with the men at all Mm-mm. Mm-mm. not at all it's actually quite clever and it's got quite a light touch with that i think yeah um that it doesn't mm-hmm. again another film another script another director might have you know presented that reading to you but i don't yeah. think it does yeah so definitely a more movie, but Defo. can you watch it with your mum? Probably not. No. No, I don't think so. So disappointing, because <laughs> when I first started watching it, the first time I saw it, uh-huh. I thought, oh, my mum and dad would love this, just yeah. because of the music and how yeah. it all looks and all of mm-hmm. that. And then obviously you get about an hour in and you're like, oh, no, I don't think so. No, mm-hmm. no I don't think they'll go with this <laughs> at all. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, 
I mean, I've taken, as we've mentioned before, I've taken my mum to see some pretty uh, challenging films in the past. um, But I do think that actually just the wibbly-wobbly timey-wiminess of this and the sort of trippiness of the sort of third acts and stuff would... Trippiest film of the year. uh, Definitely make a go. What on earth are you making me watch? (laughs) Again. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it would just be like, no. Not yeah. my cup of tea. No, no. I think it'd be like the zombies that would finish your mum off, I don't think. Mm. <laughs> She's not really into zombies. Is it a bit far-fetched? Uh, <laughs> I kind of hope so. I know I answered this for quite a few films, but yeah, yeah. I really hope it is, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I'm I'm really digging down to... I like, know, yeah, the more sort of serious core yeah, of I mean, the let, story. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's a, a bit far-fetched. Yeah. Like you yeah. said, you would like to hope so, wouldn't we? Yes. But... I'm just going to say there is no way that any amount of garlic... Uh-huh. Now, we've been talking just earlier before we started recording about having dead rodents in your house. <laughs> yes. So if you've, if you've had a very small dead rodent in your house for a couple of days, uh-huh. like, you can tell. Yeah, you definitely can. Can't you? Yeah. Once you've smelled that smell, mm-hmm. um, difficult to forget. Yes, absolutely. So I'm not having... That just being above a takeaway <laughs> is going to hide the smell of dozens of dead bodies yeah. under your floorboards. Either that or you'd be reporting that takeaway to environmental yeah. health. <laughs> There'd be like flies everywhere. Oh, there would, yeah. Just no. Mm-mm. Just no. No. Again, as we've said before, testament to the film that that doesn't spoil it. Yeah. That you don't just go, I'm just not having that. Yeah, fair enough. But, but that is perfect. It is. I agree. Um, but yeah unfortunately um, not far fetched in terms of like the traumas that happen to people no like the sexual politics of the day yeah no sadly not Mm -hmm. I mean I've put has it dated but it's difficult it's it's a couple of years old for a start the film so it Mm -hmm. it hasn't dated you know in that respect the only and and a lot of it's set in the 60s and very by the sounds of it very um you know, accurate, detailed and yeah. accurate. Yeah. yeah. So the only thing that I thought had dated was how many students did they have in that lecture theatre? Do they still do that? This was before COVID. I, I was going to say this it? was like yeah, it was filmed throughout twenty nineteen, yes. wasn't it? So it was definitely pre COVID. I'm I'm sure that most of that is done on Zoom these days, mm-hmm. and they certainly don't do a register. Yeah, somebody did point <laughs> out that like under gas. I think it was right. Okay, uh, or goofs. Yeah. Um, there's absolutely no way that they take an oral register well, like that would. in a lecture theatre full of people because it was taking an ordinate amount of time. It's like yeah, well, uh, yeah, obviously, it's, yeah. It's just making the point. She's yes. there just for, yeah. <sighs> uh, But it's very very full. Yeah, it's very very full. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen a lecture theatre. Mind you, I suppose it's the first day of term, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what it's like. And Freshers Week. Who goes to lectures in Freshers Week? <laughs> Having yeah, pharmacy no. students here. Only the fools. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but no, other than that, I don't think it has. Mm-hmm. Um, other film references? Um, so, yeah, so I had uh, the Vespa cocktail down as a James Bond reference. Of course. Whether intentional or not, but I'm guessing it was. I think so, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, obviously, we've got Thunderball. Of course. Uh, even if it is in the wrong time frame. <laughs> it is. There's other oh. um, film posters outside the cafe in mm-hmm. Paris as well, which I didn't manage to catch 
more than there was a zombie flick. Oh, okay. And Doctor Terror's House of Horrors. Right. Um. So you know, again, it's kind of foreshadowing. It's setting mm-hmm. all that up. Yeah. Um. The E. T. reference. Oh. Uh, right at the very, very, very beginning. Okay. You know when she's um in the mirror and she's oh, trying to decide who yeah, she's yeah. gonna be yeah. as a designer. Yeah. And um. She says, Ellie, what was her surname? I've forgotten her um, surname. It's gone out of my head. Turner. It begins with T. Turner. Should we yeah. say Turner? Yes, yeah. I'm sure it is Turner. So she's like, Eloise Turner. Yeah. Ellie Turner. E.T. Yeah. <laughs> and she like taps, but she does the thing. She taps, taps on, she the, does. on the mirror, yeah. which at the yeah. time you don't think anything on no. it. It's just like a funny moment. But yes. it's obviously a yeah. thematic yeah. stuff later yeah. on. Yeah, I, I missed um, that, but now you're right. And then I kind of, I put Black Swan. I feel like it's got yeah. some definite Black Swan influence going on. I think going further back than Black Swan, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination a horror fan and I, I don't do the giallo genre, not mm. my thing, but I think that that's what Black Swan, that's the tradition that Black Swan's come out oh, of okay. and I think it's come out of the same kind of tradition of those like schlocky uh, horrors. Yeah. Um, from from back in the day, mm-hmm. so yeah, definitely, it's 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 got the same kind of um, tone, yeah. hasn't it? And that kind of hallucinogenic, yeah, quality. And are they crazy? Are they not? Exactly. Yeah. Footnote: As any semi-cine literate fool know, in the early twentieth century, a number of British mystery novels were translated into Italian and the series was termed giallo, yellow in Italian, due to the colour of the covers. The word became synonymous with mystery books and later films, particularly those with psychological horror elements. In one of the most famous giallo films, Dario Argento's Bird with the Crystal Plumage, the protagonist witnesses an attempted murder, only to later find that what he thought was the victim and attacker were actually the other way around. Sound familiar? There's a definite... Yeah. After, in fact, after we watched uh, Last Night in Soho the first time, mm-hmm. um, I deliberately sought out uh, Repulsion, Roman Polanski's Repulsion. Okay. Because I'd heard that this was like a reference, and it really is. Oh, and that's wow. about a woman in a flat mm-hmm. going crazy. Oh, or okay. is she? Mm-hmm. But there are hands that start coming out of the walls. Right. So that's like, it's straight out of Interesting. that film. Definitely. It is an interesting film, actually. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Um, what else? Buying a Coke from the shop is a Shaun of the Dead reference. I don't care what you say. <laughs> it's definitely a Shaun of the Dead reference. The Coke comes up all the way through the film yeah. as well, doesn't it? Definitely it does. having that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not necessarily references, but those kind of like tropes, mm-hmm. like the double dream sequence when yeah. she wakes up, but she's not woken oh up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is so scary. It is. So scary. It is. But that's mm. that's the thing that happens. I mean, it happens mm-hmm. a lot, doesn't it? But mm-hmm. it happens in American Wolf in London. Right. The okay. double dream sequence, which is like the first time <laughs> you see it, is completely terrifying. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that's for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Nosferatu as well, when all the men are coming up the stairs and you've yeah. got the, the shadows. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, the stairs in the Toucan. Yeah. Apparently, Terence Stamp said, "You're not going to film these, are you? These are not. These stairs are not fit for." for being in a feature film and then they subsequently put up a plaque at the Toucan pub that said <laughs> not, fit for, not fit for being in a feature film Terrence Stamp oh. <laughs> so yeah that was quite fun the the, the mirror shock thing mm-hmm. doesn't happen 
you expect it to. Yeah. When she first runs out of the room mm-hmm. and shuts the door and then opens the door and they've all gone. Yes. And then she looks in the mirror uh-huh. and you are a hundred percent expecting one of them to appear yeah, behind absolutely. her. And it doesn't yeah. it's back in the room again. So yeah. I think that's quite clever. It's yeah, little, like, it's... you know, cheeky little subversion mm-hmm. of that little trope. Mm-hmm. Um what else? Midnight in Paris. I don't know if you've seen that, but I I've really like it. Um, and that's kind of a similar theme. It's not a horror, but it's got Owen Wilson, I think, as a writer mm-hmm. who goes to Paris and he finds himself, again, mysteriously. How does it happen? Is he hallucinating? Is it really happening? Yeah. But he finds himself in Paris in like the 1920s or something like that mm-hmm. with all these writers. Mm-hmm. So kind of similar, Yeah, you know, it's a different type of film but it's yeah. a similar idea okay. you know of wanting to get to that time mm-hmm. that was cool in that yeah. place yeah well, I've just had a thought I wonder if Edgar Wright was a fan of Goodnight Sweetheart possibly <laughs> that popular yeah. British TV uh, from the what? 90s I absolutely I wouldn't bet was. against it I would not <laughs> bet against it yeah um, the other thing that I thought it's not a film but a book have you read Jonathan Strange and Mr Norell or did you see the no, TV adaptation not. no very very good but there's a and again, this is something that is quite a genre thing, isn't it? Of people getting swept away in the middle of the night and having like a, another life. Mm-hmm. But the character in the book um, that that happens to, she's absolutely exhausted all the time. Oh. Because she's awake during yeah. the day and then at night mm-hmm. she's whisked away to these dances, to the, these balls. Oh, okay. And it's just chronically completely exhausted yeah. because she isn't allowed any rest <laughs> but which reminded me when I was watching this uh-huh. that's what it made me think of but then I thought why isn't she tired all the time but it's probably because she's 21 <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's gotta be it's not gotta like, be but not pushing 50 <laughs> yeah well it, it made me think of that oh and there is uh, oh there's just so many but there's a Shawshank moment as well every oh. film has to have a Shawshank moment where you just see the I don't, know, I don't know if this was done before Shawshank Redemption, mm-hmm. but it always makes you think of it when there's a, a view, a shot from above yeah. with the rain coming down oh, yeah. when she's in the in the alley, mm-hmm. um, when she's been running v away. V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's a, yeah. Endless films. Endless. Yeah. It must be. It is Shawshank, isn't it? That's the one I think of. Yeah, it I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Score and soundtrack. Oh, my word. We could go forever on what this one. What a soundtrack. One, Amazing. Yeah. Um, so... Edgar Wright said that whenever he's writing a script, he's scoring himself by playing the right kind of music. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, you know, he's been listening to, like, all the 60s hits. Yes. All the 60s hits. So we've got Scylla. Mm-hmm. Lots Go of Scylla. Scylla. Bit of Dusty Springfield. Bit of Sandy Shaw. Yeah. Uh, Barry Ryan singing Eloise. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've never yeah, heard that very song. Very good. Until oh, film, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. good. Uh, the Search of the Kinks, The Who, which surprised me, because I kind of thought, oh, The Who, like, were they actually around in the 60s? Yeah. But yeah, they, of course they were. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I should have known that. Yeah, you do tend to think more 70s, don't you? But, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, in my mind, it's 70s, but I yeah. think that's just me struggling with the fact that, for me, the 80s is only, like, 15 <laughs> years ago. Yes, it is, it is, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Um... Yeah, A World Without Love performed by Pete Gordon, but it's a Beatles song. Mm, yes, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realise that until I was looking up the credits. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Lots and lots of 
belting tunes. Oh, amazing. I mean, I am a child of the 70s, but my parents used to play 60s music all the time uh-huh. um, in the car and whatnot. So this is like my, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is mm-hmm. my wheeled house. Um, yeah, Well Without Love. I, just, I loved that. Yeah. That was on some kind of like 60s compilation oh. tape. And yeah, <laughs> I love that. And it, the, the way that it loops... Um, at the beginning it mm-hmm. makes it sound really creepy it does when when they come I know not when that's not what the mm-hmm. it says she may come she may come I know not when I think in the actual lyrics mm-hmm. but when they loop it it's like when they come yeah. when they come you're like ooh yeah. it's creepy again it's creepy on a second watch I know yeah the um, the song that um, Scylla's singing um, as well yeah like the start of that song uh-huh. it's like it is. I've it's written like psycho. Psycho, yes, yeah. definitely. It's definite yeah. psycho reference. Which, again, you don't think of when you hear the song, yeah. but in context, you know, yeah, it's brilliant. It's like, who thought to start a song with that, though? It's crazy, but it's just an orchestral stab, isn't it? But it's only when you put it in a, you know, you put it in a horror film that it's a bit creepy. <laughs> I've made myself laugh because I've written, Last Night in Soho is obviously a, 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 the name of a track. Uh-huh. Um, because it's on the closing credits mm-hmm. and I have written down it's by Dave D Dorsey Beaky Mick and Twitch but it's not Twitch at all <laughs> Titch. Titch. there you go ah oh, well done um, the other bit that I really like as well is when she's listening to her headphones mm-hmm. when she goes into the freshers party to yeah. escape the bedroom the antics in the bedroom Yeah. and what she's listening to is kind of segueing into the mm-hmm. modern music mm-hmm. See, that's so clever yeah. I can't think what she's listening to but it's just it's really clever mm-hmm. that and yeah, just the some of the lyrics. There's a song where I, I'm not sure what the song is called, but it, it's there's a ghost in my house. I know. Um, it probably made always me laugh when I saw that to remind me, uh-huh. which is you know I know yeah. it's just a song, but it fits with the mm-hmm. the theme, doesn't it? It does. Just yeah, just fabulous. Yeah, really it's, uh, good. Definitely a favourite on Spotify now. Yep. Other streaming services are available. They are. I haven't written down who actually uh, scored it, which is terrible. Yeah, me neither, actually. I'm but sorry. I just I'd... got bogged down in the actual... I know. Like, jukebox, pop songs I guess. And stuff, you know. But it's more than a jukebox. It's not just like, here's a cool track, mm-hmm. like Quentin Tarantino would do, yeah. for example. It's like, it all fits in, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. But I did think that the person that shall remain nameless, but not not on, not when I put this in, in the edit, okay. uh, but the person who does the score, I did actually think it reminded me, the very opening couple of... Um, notes mm-hmm. reminded me of moon which we've looked at recently yeah, okay. just that yeah. kind of really simple stripped back uh-huh. couple of notes kind of thing yeah just just put me in mind of of that good um, point yeah but well, that'd be funny if it's the same person i don't think because it, it's clint <laughs> mansell wasn't it it was clint yeah. mansell that did moon it definitely wasn't but um it just it reminded me of it mm-hmm. footnote Stephen Price wrote the score for Last Night in Soho, much of which was written before the film was shot. It was nominated for an Ivor Novello Award, but beaten by Daniel Blumberg's score for The World to Come. Price's other soundtracks include The Aeronauts, Baby Driver, Gravity and Attack the Block, but also The World's End. Can't win them all. Could it start a franchise? Do we need a prequel or sequel? None. No. Nada. Nope. Because we know what went on before. Yet. <laughs> and, well, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the ending. Yeah. The, there is some 
discussion about the ending. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. All ends quite well, doesn't it? It does. Until it yeah. doesn't. Well, yeah. And she, she's kind way. of... She's startled when she sees Sandy in the mirror. Uh-huh. But then she kind of comes around to the idea, doesn't she? And, yeah. You know, you see a smile. Mm-hmm. But there are people who suggest mm-hmm. that that's actually a kind of fantasy at the end. Mm-hmm. That she doesn't make it out of the ambulance. Oh. You know, okay. just putting that out there. Oh, people always have to, like... Don't they? Try and drag something down, don't they? Don't they? But it does, you know... You know, if you think about it, it does end really well. I've got to say, I do get a bit confused as to the fact that she's been poisoned by Ms Collins. Yes. And then all of a sudden she's... Fine. She's fine and nobody seems to be worrying about the fact that she's been poisoned. Exactly. I think she vomits Mm. at one point. Okay. I think. But even so, like, we don't know what she's poisoned her with, do we? But Mm -mm. some of that will have got into her system. So, yeah, that's a bit convenient. It's not dealt with that bit. No, it's not. She hasn't drank a lot either. She drops a lot of it on the floor. But she does drink enough that she's having some sort of, like, reaction to it. Exactly. Because she's tripping out on the stairs like a crazy kid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, definitely. So, you know, she's definitely ingested... Mm. A decent amount. That's it. So <laughs> this, I think this is why some people suggest that... Interesting. You know, that mm-hmm. maybe that last scene, actually, it's just kind of wish fulfilment Aww. kind of thing that it's... Well, it's my wish fulfilment too, because I want to see her grandma and John happy at I the know. end. I know, exactly. So, yeah. there. There was also <laughs> a slightly different scene at the end where... As well as all that stuff with the runway mm. and whatnot, she uh, like hugs Jocasta. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, audiences hated that. Yeah, and <laughs> didn't want to see that at all. Hug her and then push so, her. So exactly, yeah. So I think that's <laughs> yeah, why why you just that. see her just walk past her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. Enough of you. And some of her friends, you, they do still say so brave. Don't they? At the <laughs> yeah. end, yeah, which tickles me. So. You know, I know we're saying we don't need a sequel, and we don't. Mm-hmm. But Mm-mm. it's fair to say there is a certain amount of ambiguity. Well, there is now. I hadn't really thought about well, it until yeah. then. Like I say, it does. Ugh. It does seem. You know, it all ties up nicely, doesn't it? You yeah. know. I mean, John gets well stabbed. I he? does. I mean, he gets yes. poor kid. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yet, I suppose. And the house is going up in flames, big time. Exactly. It's the end of the year, I suppose, when they're doing that show. I'm sure they said, like, it's the the end of the year show. Yeah. They say it's a first year yeah. student. So I suppose it is, there's quite some time. Yes, because this all seems to have happened in a pretty exactly. short period of yeah. time. Yeah. So we will assume that much time has passed and mm-hmm. they've completely recovered. Yeah. And it's all fine. And it's absolutely not just a dream. Yeah. I do feel like if you'd been through all... Of what Eloise has mm. been through, or Ellie's been through, um, to do with like 1960s London and stuff, that it yeah. would somewhat kill your love I would for that period so. of time. And you think, do you know what? I'm going to be like a 90s fashion designer yeah, or something. Exactly. But the fact that she's still sticking with it at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, it's quite impressive. It's probably the most far fetched part of the film. <laughs> really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I like the fact that, I mean, I obviously know less than nothing about fashion but I, I like the fact that she has actually changed the designs a bit yes 
because I think, again, some criticism of her character is, well, she's literally just copying. Like, six styles. Fashion, yeah. Literally. Yeah. She's dreaming it, mm-hmm. and then she's copying it. So why, mm-hmm. why is all the big hoo-ha about her being a great designer? Mm-hmm. So I do like that at the end, she has tweaked them a bit. Yeah. She's put that kind True. of quite, you know, modern... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like strapping, strapping stuff. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, that's that's good for mm-hmm. all the naysayers who think she's not a good fashion designer, <laughs> even though she's a made-up person. How dare they? Indeed. <laughs> um, I tell you what else I liked as well mm. is um, in terms of prequels and sequels, not of this film, but just prequels and sequels in general, uh, or trilogies in general. Mm. I like the fact there's lots of red in this film and there's lots of blue in this film and there's very little green. Because true, yeah. Know, in terms of cornettos, I didn't clock that, but we like strawberry cornettos, yeah, and we like <laughs> original, original cornettos. Thank you. Yes, but um, we don't want no mint choc. <sighs> I mean, chip I do. Corn- I mean, I do like a yeah. mint choc chip cornetto, but but not in terms of a film. No, absolutely not. Nah, yeah. There's only some little bits of green in this film. Sorry, Lots Edgar. You're almost I know, perfect. I know, exactly. But, you know. Nobody is. No one's perfect. Mm-hmm. We are going to have to come back and revisit World's End. I know we are. That day is coming. It's not going to be next month because we can't do three horrors in a in a row. No, we can't. Can we? Mm-mm. Although I think World's End is just a horrible film, not a, <laughs> not a horror film as such. Maybe we need to, um, you know, we need to do it soon, though. Okay. I'm not talking like this year, but no. early next year. Maybe. Okay, okay. Once we've treated ourselves with um, Return well, of the King. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh no, 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 no. Once we've treated ourselves with Return of the King, because yeah. you know that's coming, guys. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then we'll yeah we'll come back to it. We will. Yeah. We'll revisit it. Maybe it's an amazing film. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, on a tangent, um, what time period? In history, if you were going to have murderous hallucinate, no, let's not. Let's leave aside the murderous hallucinate. This wasn't the question you posed to me earlier. Um, but you know, if you were, if you were going to, if you, if you um, were going to emulate the first part of the film and okay. just, you know, just go back and have those happy, you know, uh, memories and just looking around at the place, you know, where would you like to go and visit? What time and place oh, would you like to go back and visit? I know this is probably going to get laughed from people, but I would love to... Are we going to London, by the way? You can go wherever you want. Okay. Where's your well, lobster? I've got, like, London. So okay. In my head, London. Right, Fine. yeah. Um, I'd go to the 90s. Oh, okay. Yeah. I you mean, bought, I love like, the 90s anyway. Didn't you actually just live through the 90s, though? <laughs> so, like, that's a bit but of I was, cheat. I was a I was a, a whippersnapper. Okay, okay. I was a whippersnapper in the 90s, so and I would love to experience it from late teens, early 20s okay. perspective, partying right. in the 90s London. Is that would be, be awesome. Is this because you're a big fan of Spice World? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> partly. <laughs> partly. <laughs> so really, you just want to go back and visit Spice World? Yeah, I just want to be in Spice World, yeah. yeah. Um, I, no, I would, yeah, I think that would be awesome. Okay. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Because a part of me feels that if I went back to any other mm-hmm. time, like the sixties would be amazing, seventies yeah. would be amazing. But also, if I had the knowledge as a modern woman now, uh-huh. going back to those periods of time, yeah, where it was women were still very, very much treated like a second-class citizen. A little I think. bit, a little bit before the Spice Girls came along and smashed before the girl power, obviously. Yeah. Yes, um, I think. 
I probably would turn into a murderous virgin. <laughs> yes. So maybe it's not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not yeah. the best. Yeah. Fair point. I need some girl power. Yes. Yeah. How about you? Um, I just I, I hadn't thought about this country actually to be fair. Um but I really I, I have a I have a soft spot for like Prohibition era oh, okay. Chicago. Oh yeah, I just love that whole thing. That'd be cool. That's why I really enjoyed that version of uh, Romeo and Juliet that we went to see. That yeah. was <laughs> very good. Um, yeah. No, I just mm. I love just the way the cars looked. Yeah. The way everything was in black and white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd sure want to go and live case. as a mall. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. I mean, yeah, I love the the dresses. I love the flapper dresses. Uh-huh. All of that. You know, I could do without booze. To be quite honest, you yeah. know, I I could I'd be happy. Um, but yeah, I'm sure it was terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm sure times were terrible. Yeah. But I love the way it all again a bit like Sandy mm-hmm. uh, or a bit like Ellie in the film. I just love the way when you see films, just the way everything looks. Yeah. You know, everything's kind of shiny and chromey and. As I say, I imagine yeah. that I imagine the world was in black and white. Uh huh. Fair at enough. That time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You You've just got me thinking of Bugsy Malone now, though, and now I'm yeah. going. I want to go to Bugsy Ex- Malone. Exactly. Era. Exactly. With Bugsy cream Malone. pie guns, you know. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, if everyone had cream pie guns and not actual guns. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. Good. That'd be great. Nice. So where are we going to go to? Where in time My, shall we ta- visit the whole of time and space? I don't know. I can't, I don't know. There's a little bit of me that's hankering to go to go back. Oh, okay. To go back. Mm-hmm. Maybe even, I don't know, maybe even past the 60s. Okay. We haven't done something. We're going to watch the latest Indiana Jones film. Because <laughs> they yeah. go way, 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 Do they way, go way, back. way back. Way, way, way back. No. Sorry, spoilers. I don't, think, I don't think I can bring that. myself to. Uh, <laughs> I'll get around to it eventually. Uh, I don't know. I wonder mm-hmm. whether we should do we should do an old British film. Okay. Maybe. Oh yeah. We haven't nice. been there. I'm liking it. Yeah. That's you know that's a rich theme that we mm-hmm. haven't yet. Maybe black and white. Mind. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. All of time and space. Come and find us wherever we end up. We're back to Doctor Who again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that was a bit of a wicked Halloween like sort of laughed. Okay. Finish on as well, wasn't it? Do it again. <laughs> no, that was a bit more. No, that was the clown too. from Black. <laughs> Anyway, it's whatever you're up to. the first time I've been called that. <laughs> don't, don't be frightened. Don't have nightmares. Uh-huh. Do sleep well. Please. See you next month. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>